welcome to Coming Up for Air, the Allies in Recovery podcast, with hosts Laurie McDougall, Kayla Solomon, and Dominique Simone Levine. Today, we have a topic. Dominique, I think you're the person to kind of introduce what we're going to talk about today. So why don't you take it from here? Certainly. Good morning. I thought we'd talk a little bit about what Allies in Recovery is, how we created it, who it helps, how it helps, and generally how we've gotten to the place we're at today with the online program called Allies in Recovery. So I would start by letting our listeners know that Allies in Recovery started by my discovering community reinforcement and family training or CRAFT way back when I was hiding out in grad school in early sobriety. And I was thrilled to find something that actually had been studied and could tell us what the right, the preferred, more effective stance a family member could have in response to a loved one struggling with an addiction. Back then it was 1997, 98, 99. There was very little for families. There was Al-Anon, an offshoot of AA, but really Al-Anon's designed for you to focus on yourself as a family member and apply the 12 steps of AA to yourself. It's not action oriented. It's not designed to strategize with you what you're going to do with your loved one, how you're gonna to respond to your loved one. And so craft in studies, of course, was hugely successful, but it, it was designed for master level clinicians to do this work with one family over 12 weeks. It's easy to understand, it's hard to apply it, hard to use it. Um, so there's a 270 page manual written by Jane Ellen Smith with Robert Myers that describes every step a master level clinician can take to do craft with one family. We tried that early on and we realized that that was not ever going to get us very far. People couldn't pay for it. It wasn't reimbursable by insurance because you, the family member, aren't diagnosed and therefore reimbursable by a psychotherapy from a psychotherapy session. And then in 2015, after a lot of effort, a lot of learnings around craft, we went online. And here's where it got interesting for us because we created an e-learning course, which we still have today, which has been hugely successful for people. For the first six years in Allies, that's all we had to offer was this online learning and then these question and answer blogs that we would take questions from our members and respond in a tailored way to your question and publish that on the member blog. So we didn't have much, but what we had was extremely useful to the families that were using it. So in 2021, we increased this with time live groups. Lori joined with us and, and we were able to provide one-on-one -on -one phone calls when needed, a warm welcome through a phone call. We still do this. It's called Human Touch. You make an appointment and we walk you around the site. We get a little bit of your story and we suggest a place for you to start. There have been a lot of changes over time as we've learned craft and we've learned what families want and we've learned ways of providing the quality work 
at a much lower cost than 12 sessions with a master level clinician, right? So one big change is we don't stop after 12 weeks. We recognize that families in this situation are going to need the skills, the practice, the understanding, and they're going to need the motivation and the support to keep it up after 12 weeks, keep it up after 20 weeks, keep it up after 24 weeks, right? This is something we're going to need. It's a new way of addressing addiction. It's a new way for us to address our loved ones with addiction. And it's not anything that just stops at the end of 12 weeks the way it does in research. Also, we've, we've split it up. There's lots that families learn about craft that doesn't need a master level clinician. What it needs is a strong teacher and a, a strong supporter of craft, well-trained teacher, which is what we have with Lori. And so when you come, if you want, you can attend one of three groups that Lori does Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings. And she does this beautiful job of pointing out aspects of that e-learning program, going through it one module at a time. And it, Lori can talk more about this, but it can take up to a year to get through those eight modules when it's done in the format that Lori does it. Lori also has practice sessions, skill sessions around the lunch hour. You can drop in for 15 minutes. You've got a problem, you've got a, you wanna understand how to listen a little better, how to write a request, script out a request for your loved one, that's a good time to drop in and talk to Lori. The master level work was always necessary with craft because we have families that are so exhausted and, and scared and traumatized really over the years of trying to address the addiction of a loved one. And Kayla provides a emotional support group that's infused with craft. So folks come to Kayla's Wednesday night group, and it's really about how do we take care of ourselves in order to better do craft. So it's a sli slightly different approach. You can go to the e-learning and, and look at all the modules and be really well-versed in craft in like three hours if you listen to the whole thing from beginning to end. And we've had people who do that. We also have created the podcast, which is very popular and allows the three of us to talk like we're doing now about the ins and outs of specifics of craft, specific populations. We want to make really clear that Allies in Recovery has taken the craft work to this new level. I, because I'm in recovery and I wrote these modules, I infused them with two things that I thought were missing from the original work. One was what Lori calls realistic hope. And that is not this flowery, everything's going to be okay, but some practical ways that we show you that there is hope, that there is resiliency in your loved one, that there are things that are going well and that bode well for the future. And the more you learn, the more you can calm down because you can see what's going on and some of it is good. Um, the other thing I infused it with was understandings of recovery. There's so much talk about the disease of addiction and what happens when we're active and the troubles, right? But I also wanted our families to get an inkling of what recovery looks like, what they can expect, what forms it takes in their loved ones, the stages it can take in order to really start to see individuals, not just abstinent, but starting to live a life of recovery and, and sort of what that looks like. So that's a brief overview of, of what we've done with Allies in Recovery. It's now 2023. We were talking just now about how much 
increase in interest there is in allies in recovery. People are starting to join at a more regular clip and that this is the season. This is the season for families. And Lori, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you have found over the years and the seasonality of what we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, we are really in the thick of things. I have my own philosophies as to why, and I guess I could probably go with some numbers to kind of back up my thoughts on this, but I have found that starting in November to December, which I strongly believe is because a lot of seasonal affective disorder kind of pops up, the stress of the holidays, everybody getting together, you can you can feel the tension starting to build, starting to build, starting to build. And then the holidays are over. We hit January, January, February, freezing cold in the Northeast. It's kind of like you're still, you're really in the deep, dark part of winter is kind of how I perceive it. And it's almost like you can feel the tension building through December and then boom, it explodes in January, February, and March. This is actually the probably peak season of overdoses. And I often find that this is about the time that people will start joining the craft educational groups. And, and Kayla can probably say, can share her experience as well. And I think it's, you know, family members are in crisis, whether it's a partner, you know, your spouse, or uh, youth and young adults or adult children, your siblings, whatever, whatever scenario you're in, this seems to be everybody's in crisis all at the same time. I even find that the families that are seasoned members, people that have been coming to our meetings for years, families are needing lots and lots of support. They're getting on doing office hours. They're attending like two and three meetings. Um, I'm getting emails and it's, it's strange. It's like everything and everybody is having a difficult time. And I really believe that that has a lot to do with it. The holidays are over. We're still in the deep part, the darkest part of kind of winter. But then it seems that it levels off starting in like April and May. Things will start to calm down. You know, I've been with Allies in Recovery for a couple of years now, probably about, I don't know, six years, something like that. Whether I was working for Allies in Recovery or just volunteering, because I did a lot of volunteer work with Allies in Recovery for, for years as well, as well as implementing, using those, those Allies in Recovery modules in my own life, which is how I got connected to Allies. But what I have watched happen with the website and the fact that now we have evolved into this incredible allies and recovery community. And it started with the discussion blog. Yes, people go on and they ask questions and we respond. We, we try and stay connected with them behind the scenes. And other members might go on and comment and say, oh, I can relate to this. And then it evolved because then we started offering up these groups, Kayla's group, my groups, we offer office hours where you can have support. We offer the human touch calls. The human touch calls have been around for quite a while, but we really have evolved into this really strong allies in recovery community where people are working through those modules, working on their craft skills, getting a lot of support, 
getting creative with one another. I mean, Kayla, pipe in here, right? Can I jump in for a second? Yeah, go ahead. You're getting me started here because <laughs> just remember that the C in craft is community. And I think originally what community meant, making sure that the person with the substance use issue was connected in the world. So the family's part of the community. There's recovery programs that is community. There's treatment programs. But there's also living a life that involves other human beings is community. And I think that what you're saying is absolutely this gem that we have that kind of on purpose and accidentally has gotten created, which is the actual allies and recovery community, which is extremely strong and powerful. And I'm watching this in the group in real time. I'm not making this stuff up, but I'm watching people working the modules on their own. And then they come into the groups and they have the wisdom of all the other different people in the group who have been trying and making mistakes and kind of reinventing things that they're learning and coming up with their own way of orienting towards it or having their own series. There's a lot of people who like have these questions that they ask themselves that they've come up with based on the modules and they share it in the groups. And then other people get to go and try out these questions like, what am I thinking? And what's being activated in me? And what's my intention right now? And what's the most effective thing I could do? There's all these things and I'm being very vague right now because we're not talking about that. But what happens is that when people are doing the work of the modules and in the groups and in the educational programs, they are learning a set of tools. And then as with everything that we learn, once you have the foundation of this knowledge, you're going to make it your own. And what happens is that the groups give you this opportunity to share what, how you've kind of modified it to deal with it and what you've learned and what you've gone through in your experiences. And it makes a difference hearing about other people. The other thing that I think is incredibly powerful is that, that when you're struggling, you get to come in and talk about it and then hear all of the different perspectives that people have. Because to me, and this was one issue that I had when I started doing this, is that it always sounded to me like the message was, you do this for 12 weeks and then it's the end of the story. The person's in treatment and you're done. And I think every single person listening to this knows that if there's substance issues involved, even if the person is in recovery, it is not the end of the story. It's the middle of the story. And so what we're doing is this is a lifelong issue. It's not over. It's just that we're having people look at themselves, whether you're a spouse, a parent, a sibling, or grandparent, or whatever, of anybody, and looking at, okay, how do I work on myself to create an environment that's conducive for this other person to be healthier than they are at this moment? And if they're in recovery, how do I make the relationship healthy? If they're really engaged in the florid substance use, how do I change my part of it so that there's a chance that they might be interested in treatment? You know, and it came up in the group this week where somebody said, well, I want to help my loved one with anxiety. No, 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 no. <laughs> that is not our model. Our model is not helping other people because that model is this power over somebody else, that you're the expert and you're helping them. What we're talking about is working on yourself and being open and being inviting enough that somebody wants to approach you for help, not that you're going to go telling them all this wisdom that you have. 
that's I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And and I don't want our listeners to misunderstand anything that Kayla's saying. This is the thing about craft is we can help our loved ones in life. And so it's important to understand that we're not saying you can't help. We are saying you absolutely can help. It's just that it can be misunderstood about what it is you're going to help with and how it is you're going to help. You can't change how someone is thinking. Instead, what you're going to do is you're going to try and hear what the other person wants or needs, and you're going to support it. And that's how you're going to help. You are going to focus on yourself and in adjusting your own behavior. And this is why I love craft so much is because that's exactly what you're doing. By learning these skills and these strategies, you're changing your approach to your loved one. Never mind your loved one, because it's a lot more universal than that. All of the craft skills that you're going to learn, you should be using it with everybody in your life anyway. But by changing your behavior and your approach, that's how you're helping someone else. You're opening doors for them. And it's not that you're going to change how they think. I totally get the family member that thinks that they have the ability to do something to bring down the anxiety in their loved one. But what I learned, and I learned this actually through craft. I do not have the ability to take down the anxiety in my loved one. The only thing that I have the ability to do is to listen about that anxiety and help direct them to something else that might help them with their anxiety or something that they're going to need to do to bring that down their anxiety. I don't have that ability. Well, and also the the other piece of this is in order for me to do any of this, I have to take down my own anxiety. Yeah. That's where we start with craft is look at yourself, take down your own anxiety and reactivity. And that gives you more ability to actually connect with the other person, which also takes down anxiety. Which is why we have the community and why it's so wonderful, like I find in our group, going through these modules together. And this is why it takes such a long time. There is a lot of emotional support in those groups. We're going through those modules together. We are practicing these skills. We are coming back to the group. There is nothing better as a facilitator of these groups to watch a newer family member come in, start strategizing, start trying to implement the craft skills. They'll be teary-eyed and frustrated. And, and then to have another family, a seasoned family member, turn to that family and say, stick with it. It works. I've been in your shoes. Here are some more ideas. Don't give up. Let's stay with it. It's this incredible community that that's been created on the Allies and Recovery website. And I think as the business back end of this that I have to keep in mind all the time, I, I recognize that this isn't a popular thing to do is to sit in a meeting 630 at night and talk about your loved one who's got struggles and that is making your life chaotic or scary or frustrated. And so I appreciate that it has taken time to develop a community that is positive and constructive and you know has successes that they can talk about and share with others. It's taken a while for Allies in Recovery to develop the credibility in this field of addiction 
where there's scams and promises and just bad ideas that get repeated and that craft itself, anyone who does craft, and there are unfortunately very few people in the world doing craft today, that they recognize that they are providing a positive, energizing, supportive, comfort place to come to. And that's what we've done with Allies in Recovery. I, I see us as finally having a community, as you say, these emerging leaders who we, we hope to present to you in these podcasts. We have are going to line up some families that are willing to be interviewed on these podcasts in the coming months. Um, but really to express the reality, the hope that things can turn around, that things can improve, and that you can live a life much more free of addiction, regardless of what happens with your loved one. I mean, we see positive things happening all the time, but as you're both saying, it's not about us pushing them into anything. It's about us creating a stance and an immediate environment around the person with addiction that's just that much more conducive to wanting to get help, wanting to be recovered, wanting to reconnect with you, the family. Just to spin off on what you're saying, Dominique, and I think this is what I meant by the help. So thank you for clarifying, Laurie. I appreciate that. But I think that if you look at the desperation and the intensity that our family members are dealing with, there's this belief that I have to do something. I have to help. I have to engage. I have to fix something. And what, what I think the gift of me doing this for as long as I have now is to watch when people are actually doing this work, what that actually looks like. I mean, it's one thing to know what the, the tools are. It's another thing to watch them in action. And basically what we're witnessing is that as people focus kind of more internally, because that's really what it is. It's like you're looking at yourself. So when you're feeling hopeless and desperate and panicky and you just feel like dying because it's such a bad situation and you're terrified and you're so beyond anxious. Often in the old format, you want to go out and do something, make something happen, have this giant intervention to fix it and save somebody. And what we realize is that that doesn't work. Because even if you do a giant intervention, the question is, is that lasting? Does the person feel forced? Do you feel like they were coerced? Do they feel like they're trapped? And does it last? So what we're talking about is this more internal process of the people who are participating in allies and watching them change how they react, how they engage, what their options are, and how they relate with their loved ones. And looking at it as this more gradual process of creating connection, creating a, a less reactive environment, and also changing your perception about things so that you can actually respond in a really helpful way with your loved ones and they feel loved and connected to, even if it's not a big move that you're making. I'm hoping that I can bring a little bit of a different perspective on this idea of helping and fixing and that kind of thing, because this was a difficulty that I had with other groups before I found allies in recovery. The message was, there's nothing you can do. You can't help. You can't do anything. There's nothing. You just have to sit back and hope that things were going to happen. I would say this, actually, Kayla, you and I, when we're in there and, and the allies, the modules, this is fixing it. Yeah. This 
is helping. It's not what you think you're going to go and do, but it is helping. And this was the wonderful thing for me. In my experience, when I found the Allies website and I started looking at those modules, it gave me something I could do. It's almost, it's like tangible. It's really something I can do. And it's like, those guys were all wrong. There are things I can do. There are things I can do to help. It isn't what I want to do. I want to drop him off at rehab or I want to drop him off at a counselor. But there are tangible, actual skills and strategies that I can get in there and I can do that makes a difference that helps. So kind of looking at it differently, you want to know, you want to, you want to help, you want to fix, come on, come on in and learn some craft strategies and skills, and you will be in a better helping position. That's exactly what I'm saying, which is that it's not help in the old way. It's help in this new way, which is start with yourself, start with the tools and really throw yourself into the model that we're presenting, because now we have enough people that are doing this who have seen things get better. And so it's like, trust the process. And the process might be slower than you want it to be, but it does work. It really does work. And so part of this is to engage in a way where you're learning all new skills or practicing things that you've known, but you haven't done. That's one of the things I think we all learned about listening, about calming ourselves down, but none of us do it. And with allies, what we say is do it. This is, that's the number one skill is listen, step back, calm your system down. And then from there, all the other tools that we have will be much more effective. Well, thank you for that, Kayla. Thank you for that quick summary of everything. And I just want to let our listeners know we have our 10 day challenge on the Allies in Recovery website. So if you watch half of the modules and do half of the activities, you get a one-day training worth about $250. So get on that Allies website and start helping. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode of Coming Up for Air spoke to you. If you're listening in today on a podcast platform that isn't the Allies member site, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating. This helps others find the show more easily. If you have a suggestion for a new topic or a guest for the show, please reach out through the Contact Us form on alliesinrecovery.net. Special thanks to our hosts, our guests, and our production team.